Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2023. Yay. (laughs) Unless you celebrate, um, like, Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, which will be soon, and then it'll be the year of the rabbit. Ooh, rabbit. Not that, you know, anyone really cared to know, but... Just dropping a little factoid on you as we start the new year. Um, I know Jason had posted some stuff about board game resolutions for the new year. Um, our resolution is to get our podcasts <laughs> onto a better schedule. And we think with uh, Jason's new job and and my multiple jobs, we have got a good time worked out where our kids are at school and we're actually at home together where we can record so we will get better we've been a little slack i apologize for our tardiness and delinquency but we're gonna get it together yeah i mean we always drop an episode well unless we're sick or something but yeah we'll try to get more consistent so we don't get messages from people asking where the podcast is because they're going through withdrawal you know who you are um And, and we love you for it yeah, we, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we do need to get better, get on a better routine, just for the sake of sanity. I think, <laughs> right, exactly. So that's kind of our our first resolution as as podcasters. I don't know, like I could say, oh, I want to play more games, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I'm going to try. Yeah, I, I mean, we do a pretty good job of playing games. Um, I I want to play more still, yeah. but I think that you know we we have a pretty good system down of the games that we're playing and how often we play and all that stuff. So you know we're doing pretty good there. I just want to get more stuff off the shelf that we haven't played and that's get true. some of that stuff played. That that's my goal. Yeah, every year when we come back to like the top one hundred, I'm always like, oh yeah, I like this game. I remember it being good, but we haven't played it for who knows how long. So. um I'm hoping that that maybe less of that happens or and and honestly we don't buy a ton of games we don't back a ton of games um you know we trade and stuff but I, that is I know a lot of people's goals um but yeah maybe to play through there's many that I haven't played and I think there's some that are are deeper games that I would like us to try to play our gaming group that meets once a week I think can handle it um, and if not, I think I would like Jason and I maybe to set aside some time, like, a an at home date night to maybe work through, like, let's play Trakirian, you know, let's haul out Anachrony, let's, you know, work through Jaws the Lion this weekend. Um, so that's my resolution, which I'm making, uh, for Jason, or it's my resolution without Jason and just won't work out if he's not on board. I mean, I'm always down to play games, so yeah, I'll gladly participate in that resolution. All right, well, since we have delayed this week's episode, let's get right to it. And I actually only have one piece of news because, let's face it, um, you know, this is this is kind of a low time. Y'all hopefully got some good games uh, for Christmas, your Yule, um, all of that, so that you have some games to play, you might not be looking to back. And I and so the game I picked, I just think it's cute fun. And 
you know, I I like those kind of games. So the game I want to talk about is in the spirit of the season. It's called Racing Reindeer. This is on Kickstarter. Um, it's a family game and it's about um, every person is playing. It's like two to six players. And each person is a reindeer, one of Santa's reindeer. And you are going to have a little race uh, to see who gets to be the leader of the sleigh on Christmas. Apparently, Rudolph is out or something. I don't know. Uh, we don't need him. We're, or it's not foggy, so he doesn't have to be in the front of the sleigh. I don't know how your Christmas lore works. But in this game, you're racing as reindeer to lead the team. So it's it's a spin and move, roll and move, basically. Um, there's like an outer ring. And if you eat a carrot, you get to move to the inner ring. So you're kind of moving. There's like three rings. Like there's an outer one, a middle one, an inner one, which is where Santa and the sleigh and the finish line is. The Auric is adorable. Um, so if you get to a carrot, that allows you to jump to the middle because you got that you know, extra burst of energy. But there's also holes in the ice that let you that make you fall out to an outer ring. And you're just rolling and moving, well, spinning and moving to get to the center. And that's it. But it's super cute. Um, I love a Christmas-themed game. And I, I think our kids would really, would really love this. Um, it seems it seems real fun and cute. So if you like Christmas games or are looking for one, maybe you're planning ahead for next year, uh, want to get your kids involved in the game, check out Racing Reindeer. There are five days left um, by the time the podcast drops, I believe, uh, for this on Kickstarter, and it's $29. So very reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I have no issue with roll and move games, obviously. You know, I talked about Bermuda Triangle, I think, last week. Uh, or at least on the video. On the video. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this sounds cool. Uh, Christmas games, you don't, you don't play them that often usually. So one that you can play with your family, spinning, just having a good time moving reindeer around. Sounds fun. Yeah, the artwork is super cute, too. All right, and that's all I have for news this, this time. All right, so let's move on into some games that we played. We're only going to talk about two. Because, again, you know, we've been just talking about two because we have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about. And the two games that we're going to talk about, the first one is actually one of my Christmas presents. And I'm going to be selfish and talk about that because we're allowed to do that. (laughs) And it is the Spire Crest expansion for Everdell. So this is, Everdell is a really good game. We've talked about it. I believe it's on, if not the podcast, we've talked about it on videos. Uh, it's a worker placement tableau building game where you're collecting resources using these cute little critters and then you're building cards in your tableau to try to fire off, you know, a bunch of different combos, get other resources, score points, all that kind of thing. What Spirecrest does is there's a phase in the game where you're going to be basically picking your workers up off the board and kind of passing effectively. You're preparing for a new season. That's what it's called. Spirecrest now lets you do stuff during that phase other than just taking your workers back. So every time you prepare for a season, you're going to take your workers back, do whatever the tree tells you to do. Sometimes you produce, sometimes you draw cards. Then you're going to be collecting these expedition tiles. I think that's what they're called. I didn't read the rule book. I think that's what they're called. Some exploration, yeah. expedition, th- something I'm like pretty that. sure it's expedition. You're going to take one of those, and what those are going to give you, they're going to give you points at the end of the game if you can pay the resources that are listed on the tile. So you're going to take one of those. Then you're going to flip 
these three three cards that are in the area. And that is going to give you some kind of either in-game bonus, a new worker placement spot, or this big critter that your little critters can ride. As a So it's still a worker, but if you go to a certain space that the card tells you, it gives you some kind of special ability. Uh, those are really cool. I never got to get one of those. A little salty, but that's fine. <laughs> I did. Um, so you're going to do that. Then you're going to move along the path. You're going to get into the new season, and you're going to flip a new event card because every season now has an event to, I don't know, change up the game, make cost more things. To, it's weather. Resources. The weather. Yeah, a, a weather. Weather, yes, weather. So it may cost you more resources to uh, recruit a critter and may not let you build buildings from the meadow, all that kind of thing. There's going to do some kind of thing to make it a little trickier in that season. And then you're going to play the game as normal. And you're uh, you're going to have each season, each time you pass, which is three times, you're going to have one of these expedition tiles. You're going to get some of these these awesome cards. And you're going to be unlocking new weather events as the game goes on, making it a little bit trickier for you or whoever's in that season with you to do what they need to do. It's a cool addition. It doesn't add any length to the time, really, because everybody has to pass or prepare for the next season. You just add a couple little things, maybe a few minutes. But the stuff it does add is cool. I like the expeditions. I like paying for the resources to score the points. Those cards that you can get that you're picking from are amazing. Uh, they may give you some in-game points. They may give you worker placement spots. Like I had one where I could reuse a worker, a worker from the board, put it on there, and activate it again. That's awesome. You don't, you have a limited amount of workers, so when you can do that stuff, that's really cool. So, it's a cool expansion. It flows into the game seamlessly. It clips to the bottom of the board, not clips, but slides into the bottom of the board. It makes the board just look like one cohesive piece. It looks great. The art is amazing. Big critters are cool, even though I didn't use them, and it makes Everdell, which is good even a little bit better, I think, because now the prepare for a season doesn't seem like such a waste. So how did you feel about Everdell with Spirecrest? So I talked about Everdell. Um, it was the last one on my list last week in the podcast. And so since I knew you're getting it for Christmas, I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> really excited talking about it. Like, yeah, oh, there's some there's some expansions. Yeah, it'd be great if we got them um, because I bought this one for you. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, Everdell has risen. It was dropping. I don't know. Maybe I had a bad experience or something like I do. And then we played it again. I was like, dang, this is good. And then Spirecrest, I really love because, I mean, as we have previously noted, I am a big sucker for the meeples that you can play with. And now the big meeples get saddles and your little meeples go on the big meeples. It's everything I've ever wanted. Um. So, yeah, I, I had a couple and they do really cool stuff. Very thematic. Like I had one of my animals riding a vulture and the vulture let you um, get some cards from the discard pile, which I think Not is some you got a whole bunch of them. I did. I did. Which is cool. It's super cool. Um, yeah, there's just lots of really neat little things. Yeah, it does not add time. Um, the discovery cards are really great. I got. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't sure what those are called. I didn't read the r- rules, so uh, and even if I did, I wouldn't remember. But I actually read the rule. Like I, I, I learned this on the fly because we're like, yeah, we're gonna play this game. Yeah, I was setting up, and you were learning. So I felt I felt good about myself. So I hope we played it right. I felt like I read the rules right. Um, but it is fun. Like just other ways to get points. Um, with that, that expedition that you can take at the end and you're kind of trying to prepare for that also. 
as well as your other um, cards, like, and even like, it's just the little things that Averdell does really great. Like it snaps into this part of the board. It lays right in at the bottom of um, like the little meadow area, all the artwork matches where you lay the weather cards, the artwork all matches up. Like it is redonk, like the level of detail in it. And it's just a fun little thing. Like, I was reading in there, like, this is a significant expansion. Um, you know, the first time you should not, you should play this by itself as an expansion without, you know, the other two expansions. And I'm like, okay, whoa, this is big. I was like, mm, it's not that big. But it was nice. I think it just gave that nice little extra oomph with the weather cards that have get, add some restrictions. Um other cool places and things, things you're trying to shoot for as far as in-game goals, which I always am a big fan of. Yeah, I, I dug it. I'm excited about it. I probably wouldn't want to play without it again. I mean, there's no reason to. It doesn't add any really difference to the game and like teach-wise. Yeah. Because you can just say, hey, there's this other part of the board. When you have to prepare for a season, we'll discuss that. Yeah, you prepare don't for really a season. Need... It's this and this now. Yeah, you don't even need to really discuss it until it happens because... You can't do anything about it anyway before that. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. That first time is is what you need. So, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, I made a good choice. Pat myself yeah, on the it, back. It is a good one. And you had the vulture and Jeremy had the eagle, which was kind of uh, the opposite. So he got every time someone would draw off the draw pile, he would get to take cards off the draw pile too, which is pretty cool. So And I got to see dig- them on the other end with the discard. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. You were digging through the dead bodies and he was getting... Uh, the fresh meat, yeah. The fresh meat, yeah. It was cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So moving on from that, the next game we're going to talk about is a new hotness game. I was going to say, is this new hotness? Because I. This is new hotness. It is. Look at us. Well, I, I mean, mean we it don't should be no surprise it. because um, Chris has it. So, you know, new, new <laughs> that's true. Uh, and it is called Woodcraft. And this is a game from Vladimir Suchi. I don't know how you say his name. Suchi Suki. Uh, and it's from right. Horrible Games, I think. Really? That's a name? I think. Or no, no, Delicious Games, but I think it's also Rio Grande. I think his box had Rio Grande. You know, who cares? It's Vladimir Suchi. And this is a Euro game where... You didn't say the name of it, I don't think, did you? Yeah, Wood- Woodcraft. I-, I did say that, oh, I think. Okay. If not, it's called Woodcraft. Um, so this is a game where you are trying to use... Okay, so it's an action selection game. There's this rondelle, and on your turn, you're going to take a tile that's going to tell you what action you can take. Depending on where you take this tile from, there may be some bonuses associated with it. So you're going to do one of those things. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to get dice onto your board to be able to fulfill these contracts that you are playing and acquiring throughout the game. The cool thing about this is you have options of splitting wood by using saws. So say I have a six green and I have a saw and some saw blades. I could turn that six green into a four and two ones or two threes if I wanted to, or a two, 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 any, you know, any way I can divide that six, I can turn that into other numbers. But if you have two low numbers and you need to have a higher number die, you can then glue dice together by taking um, a free action on your turn, using some glue, and you can turn dice into either maybe different colors, mixing two colors together, getting a result, same color, all that kind of thing. And you're using these dice, maybe some saw blades, maybe some uh, glue, I almost said butter, glue (laughs) to fulfill these contracts. And you're just making stuff out of wood. The contracts are like birdhouses. I think Katie made a guitar. 
I made a viol. I made a violin and a bookshelf. Um, yeah, you're just making wood stuff, and you're scoring bonuses. Uh, you may get some influence, which is going to make all your contracts worth money or points. The more the more influence you get, you might Reputation. get blue ba- blueberries, which will are basically the money of the game. Um, you may lose some points or a reputation if you can't complete the contract in time. There's some scoring rounds in the middle where you're going to, or income rounds, I guess, where you're going to get some points and blueberries so you can start using those for the next three rounds. It's a cool game. It, if It's not the most complicated game in the world, but there is a lot of stuff to teach because there's a lot of different actions. There's a lot of stuff going on. But I, once you've played a couple rounds, it all makes sense. All the iconography makes sense. Everything you can do makes sense. Um, it's it's good. I like this quite a bit. Um, Vladimir Suchi is a uh, designer that I like. Prodigal's Club's fantastic. Underwater Cities. Um, he had a co-designer on this one. Andrew, yeah, I, Andrew Ross, I think. Okay, yeah. I don't know what He's that a noob does. as far as I know. but Okay, but yeah, it's, it's very good. I like it quite a bit and want to play it again. So how do you feel about Woodcraft? Um, I liked it so much that we were at the game store the next day and I was like, why don't we buy our own copy? <laughs> and Jason's like, we could always borrow our friend's copy. I'm like, but I really liked it. Um, I also won. So, you know, that helps. Only by like a point. Uh, it was more than a point. I was close. Thank you. Ish. I think maybe. I don't know. Um, it it It's really fun. Like, yes, the iconography makes sense. But by no means is this a simple game. Because there there are a lot of things that, I mean, there's a formula to it, but there are a lot of decisions to make, um, like some free actions that you can choose to fire off and to prepare for that. And like um, when you choose actions on this rondelle, like bonus things pop up. And so when to take an action just for the bonus, you can also um, like spend some lanterns like you're working into the night to like take an action, like a take an action for its bonus but not take the action take a different action um there's just a lot of variance and things to consider and and there's so many other multiple paths of victory i firmly believe that in this um and you just decide what you're gonna chase i did my usual and chased in-game points (laughs) i'm like i'm gonna take i'm gonna complete projects because i like having a goal and if I'm going to complete projects, I might as well take projects that are going to give me reputation so I get to score those projects again for points as well as the stuff they gave me, the points and the stuff they gave me in-game. It's also very cute. All of your workers look like wood nymphs, but that doesn't make sense because they would be mad if you cut down the trees. But they have like green hair and um, they wear like leafy clothing. Uh, there's little animals everywhere, like the currencies, blueberries, the points are hazelnuts, which I think is super cute. Um, it's adorable and challenging all at the same time. And for me, like that's such a sweet spot when you can get like things to like c- combo and work in like all these different ways. Like, oh, I, I, I just I love that. It's it's I, I like that you could also like there's this cool part where you can lay tools in the attic and they're going to give you these bonuses and I really wanted to do that but I couldn't get any because the cards that I was picking to fulfill had reputation because I decided to go that way so Jason had like all these tools in that I can get like a ton of points for that and it was a really viable option not as good as mine but it was close it was it was close it, it 
Yeah, I needed a couple more and I would have been even better. Yeah, so um, there, there's just different ways to go about it that I, I and I think they're all viable. Like there, I could not move up on the track that actually gives you um, like recurring income. So I had no choice but to complete these action these contracts in order to get stuff that I needed because I just wasn't getting it at income. And so, you know, building up your income and being able to use that, you know, more effectively, like there's just so much, so many different spaces. Like you have this little workshop. It kind of reminds me almost of the way like taverns of Tiefenthal is set up a little bit in that you can upgrade the different components and use the different parts or like Lorenzo Ognifico, like your little workshop engine that you're building down on your personal player board. Like it has those cool components too. Plus like this really great like choice rondelle that feels like Praga. But the way it implements, the way the rest of the game is around that, I like better in Woodcraft. Um, if I get more plays, this will definitely be in my top 100 next year. I'm almost positive because I really enjoyed it. Did you just say that you like Woodcraft better than Lorenzo? No. Praga. Oh, that that part of it. That part of it. That part reminded me of Lorenzo. I like how, and it has the same like wheel mechanism like Praga. Oh, I see, I see, I see. But I like the game surrounding the wheel mechanism in Woodcraft better than I like Praga. I got it. I thought you were saying you liked uh, the production stuff better than Lorenzo. I was like, come on now. No, no, I would never say that. <laughs> I'm not even talking about Lorenzo this week, so that should give you an idea. Yeah, yep. All right, so sounds like we like both those games. The expansion was a hit. Woodcraft is solid. And uh, we played a whole bunch more games, but we'll talk about those on another episode. So for now, we're just going to move on. All right, what you've been waiting for or not waiting for? I don't know. <laughs> Some one one person has been waiting for. We are talking about the games in the 30s of our top 100 games of all time. So uh, we're starting at number 40, running to 31 on this episode. Oh my goodness. So many good games coming out. There's some games that you'll see finally on my list that Jason had like out in the 100 outside the 100 because he's crazy. Um. Some of them are foreshadows of maybe some of mine. Like, what's interesting is we don't have a ton of crossover um, at numbers, but it's obvious that we play some games together. <laughs> so, Chase, why don't you kick us off with your number 40? All right, so my number 40 is a game that is really good. Obviously, it's at number 40. <laughs> and really? Tell me more. I, I like this game I don't know if it'd be this high without the expansions, but I still do like it without the expansions. And the game is called Champions of Midgard. Now, the Valhalla expansion is amazing. It does add a ton to this game, but I think the game is solid even without it. And this is a worker placement game where you are Vikings and you are going out on the board, collecting different resources, recruiting like an army of different types of people, which are represented by dice. Yeah, uh, you may send some of your dice to go fight a troll. You may send some of your dice out into the sea to fight some monsters. If you do that, you have to take some food. There's going to be some events and all that kind of stuff. And then when you get to the troll and or monsters, you are rolling the dice to try to get enough attack to take down the monster to kill it to score points, basically. And there's like some set collection with different color monsters that you kill uh, to score extra points at the end. There's also in the expansions, there's a few different other types of monsters that you can fight. 
uh, some undead creatures and then some mountain folk. And then they'll give you different types of rewards and all that kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. That word. Um, And you're just trying to do the best that you can with the workers that you have, the dice that you have. Um, In Valhalla, when a dice die... When dice die, you get these little tokens that you can spend on cards that are going to give you bonuses. You may turn in a bunch of them to get a whole pile of points. In the base game, when a die, die, dice dies, that's really hard to say, um, you get nothing. You just lose your die. So it's a little more punishing in the base game than it is in Valhalla. And people get irritated by that, but who cares? It's just roll, just get more dice. Try it again. Um, it's a, a fun game, fun worker placement game. I like it quite a bit. It may go on a little too long just because it's like seven rounds and with more than three players, it can outstay its welcome a bit, but it's still good. I like it. Seven number 40, Champions of Midgard. Yeah, my feelings on this are exactly the same as yours because my number 40 is Champions of Midgard, which this is the first exact crossover we've had, I believe, on this list. Um, Or do we have one on the... I think we had one... On the video last week. Yes, I thought we had another one on the podcast, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. don't think I think it was a cu- it was within a few. Oh, that's true. Like it was like my number s- something seven, and then it was your number something six. I think. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, exactly. My number forty is Champions of Midgard. Um, yes, it is good even without the Valhalla expansion, but we have it, and the Valhalla expansion is good because I like the Berserker dice, which are the pink dice, and they always die. Oh, they're, yeah, they're crazy awesome. Th- those are awesome. <laughs> Um, and there, there's just some other cool little things and some people don't like in the base game, like Jason, I distinctly remember you complaining like, well, I rolled these dice as combat and then they didn't work out. So then I just lose them and it sucks. You're right. It does suck. But again, no, just- no, you were the complainer. So we got Valhalla and that fixed that complaint for you. That's true. It's true. I did complain. That doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't, it doesn't mean that I didn't like the game, though, but I did complain. Mm. I did complain about that. Yeah. So that kind of fixes that. It makes it so like everything is worthwhile because there is, there is so much um, like combat rolling because you can fight the troll, you can fight the dragger, you can go off um, on a ship and fight monsters out in the sea. So there is a decent amount of rolling and, and losing Vikings. But again, Vikings are always out for fighting and glory. So, hey. Do what you gotta do. Um, and if you you can even not go heavy into that and just like, oh yeah, you know, I got a few, trade them in for some points, whatever. Or I think the last time we played, I was like, yeah, I'm owning Valhalla. So I was like playing, got all these big crazy cards out of there with for tons of points, just like kicking it. It's great. Um, we have the play mat, like we have everything for this. And like I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's good, it's good. And we brought it out, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is good. Like it deserves to be at number 40. It's one that I think a lot of different people can play because it's it, it's hard. There's that worker placement. So like that's a pretty easy game mechanic. A lot of people like rolling dice and there are people out there that like combat. Okay, you can do that. Um, there's some set collection. You can do that too. Like, there's just all, all kinds of, there's, like, in-game goals. You can go for those, too. Like, all those things in this one package. Um, and if you like, like, ever, who doesn't love to be a Viking sometimes? Like, I think it's, I just like all the different components for this one. Um, this was probably our first Gray Fox game. Uh, Maybe. Or Seven Ronin, one of the two. Mm. Did you like how I knew what company made that? Yeah, good job. 
I was impressed with myself. <laughs> I just had to work it in there. <laughs> um, but we re- it's a really good game. It's definitely like a standard that we'll keep in our collection. And when like sometimes we when we pick up kind of playing games with people, we kind of start introducing them to the the hobby. You know, those initial drugs get them in the gateway. Um, this is one that I like to to bring out and get people to play because it's just quality. It's it's definitely number forty. Champions Midgard. All right, so my number thirty nine. That comes after 40, yes. And that is a Martin Wallace game. One of Katie's favorite Martin Wallace games. Oh, yeah, I haven't and... talked about it on the podcast yet, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, you will, you will. And it is Brass, or Brass Lancashire. It's the same game, just the Lancashire is the new shiny one, or coal-covered one, I don't know. It's the new print. Uh, and Brass is a game where you are trying to build tiles out on this board. And you're doing that by connecting networks from city to city so you can have direct pathways of coal and iron so you can use those to build your stuff. Um, you can also, if if and some buildings come in with coal or iron on them, and if all the cubes get depleted, you can flip the tile over and they're worth points. They're going to increase your income. You can build ports that you can ship cotton i think off to the faraway port from your cotton mills that can flip your cotton mills over and get points it's just putting tiles on the board activating them scoring income getting points at the end of the game it's and there's a cool card mechanism where every time you take an action you got to discard a card Um, all the cards are either a city on the board or a different type of production tile building that you can play but even if you take out a loan because it's a martin wallace game you got to play a card Uh, it's played over two halves there's a canal era in the first half and the second half you're building trains and only some buildings stay on the board between so you're trying to you know get as much as you can out at the beginning to keep that income flowing those points generating all that kind of thing i like this not a lot of people like it i i understand it's dry uh there's a it's not the most fun but these are the types of games that i like where i can just make connections and uh complete the puzzle i like this so my number 39 brass yeah i love games that are not fun what that's not what i meant like it's not like you're you're playing happy salmon or something and you're up slapping around and hooting and hauling and having a good time it's a crunchy euro game and that's the games that i like yeah oh spoiler alert it's my number one game of the year no i knew it i knew it we we just and and the thing is like there's some games i detest and i give them another shot and i like them better i have tried this even recently I, I I don't know if I won or I came close, and I'm still like, eh. You still didn't like it? What the heck? No, I even said that. You're like, oh, what'd you think? I was like, yeah, it's kind of gross. I, uh, it's just not good. It's not a good game. I don't understand you. It's a fantastic game. There is one good Martin Wallace game. Brass. No, and I'll be talking about it <laughs> next week. Yeah, I think I'll be talking about that one later, too. See, it's the best. It's the best Martin Wallace game. Get this other junk out of here. Uh, my number 39, I think Jason's already talked about this because uh, fake news on Jason's list, but uh, my number 39 is Clank. Uh, I've put all the Clanks together into this ranking. The Clank that really push it up, pushes it up this high is um, Acquisitions Incorporated. The Clank Legacy game, we played through two campaigns of it. Really, really good. Um, I love that Clank doesn't take itself too seriously. There's all these puns and little jokes and stuff. Um, 
if you ask me to rank clanks, <laughs> Acquisitions Incorporated is my first, then regular clank. Um, then like the Egyptian one was fun. Uh, you played the, Space too, right? Yeah, that one sucks. What? I, I really don't like that. And again, I don't like space. And I'm like, why would you take a game that's good and then put stupid space into it when it and made it terrible? I, I don't like the stuff it did in there. I did not like it at all. I actually like the new one better than that. Oh, Catacombs. Catacombs. Yeah, I thought Catacombs is better than that. Um, Clank is a deck building game with a board. You, in various ways, are going down into like a dungeon or some area where you are going to collect prizes and fight baddies and buy good cards to get points um, to do other things. I, I love deck builders. Love them. Love them. Um, because like Jason says, I like to take a turn with like 47 cards because that's how a deck builder is supposed to work. You build your deck so the cards synergize with each other and you can just keep drawing, keep playing, keep doing things. I love it. Clank has that. And even uh, Acquisition Incorporated, like you can even have cards stay with you. And so you can really kind of craft your deck around that and your character. Um, like just really cool opportunities in various ones. Um, even Catacombs, like I there's a lot of cool little mechanisms about where you can drop off um, cubes and then collect coins for that. Just different things that you can buy at the market. Um, and, and again, I love the cards. And the cards work together so well when you hit that sweet spot and they all just come out in your hand like you want. And you've got swords and you've got um, boots. And it's good. Like, I just really, really like that. Um, I don't think it's my highest. Oh, it might be. This might be my highest deck builder. Um, I think so. That's yeah, I mean, there's no more. There's no more in this group. No, uh, I'm surprised actually. Where's the ICP deck building game? I thought you already talked about it. I didn't even think it was in the top 100. Oh, maybe it wasn't. That's real sad. Cause that game is. Good. We haven't played that one for a while though, so that might be part of it. You can't have too much goodness that that much. That's what happens. <laughs> too many clowns. <laughs> Why can't I find it even on my list? But anyway, I'll look for that. So this is probably as far as like deck builders that give me what I'm looking for. Um, this is probably my highest one. So my number 39 is Clank. All right. So my number 38 is actually a game we did back on Kickstarter. Um, and it is a game. We don't back games on Kickstarter. We don't that much, but occasionally they'll squeak through. And this is called Genotype Amendelian, if that's how you say it, genetics game. <laughs> a game about Gregor Mendel. There you go. I know how to say oh, this. Oh, it's my number 73. Sorry, into the echo side. Oh, okay, got it. So Genotype is a worker placement game. You are uh, going to these different spots and you are doing things. You may go to one side of the board to collect dice, which will be basically the second part of a round. You may go to other spaces to get some uh, new plants because what you're trying to do is you're trying to plant these uh, pea plants and then you're trying to verify the genetics, uh, which basically means roll dice, which is phase two, to match different traits that you're trying to evaluate on the dice. So you may need two big dominant traits. You may need a, a big gene and a small gene. You may need two small genes to cover up different items on your um, 
peak plant to score points. Um, it's really cool. It has some really cool special abilities that you can get from these uh, these monks. Uh, they'll come in and let you break the game a little bit. Great components. Just It's a simple game, but it's a whole lot of fun. So my number 38, Genotype. I like this one a lot more than you. I think I get nostalgic or something or like sentimental about the ones that we actually back or something. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) So maybe that's why I liked it so much. Uh, My number 38 is a game that we don't own and, but it was so good. And apparently this is for me, this is the year of discovering Alexander Feaster or at least stuff that our Feaster or Fister or P Fist or whatever. P Fist? <laughs> However you want to say his name. Um gosh. He and there's another game of his that will come up higher in my list later. Uh, but this is pretty high, and that's Boon Lake. So the thing about Boon Lake is I didn't want to play it. I know, big surprise, because of the cover. The cover does not make any sense with what the game's about, in my opinion. Like, when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess, sort of. But it's super deceptive. It looks like this, um, like, town. Isn't like you're, a, huh? Isn't like a flower There's like a water? lotus flower in water, and then there's like yeah. this janky-looking building skyline in the background, and then some mountains and a lake. And it's, I don't know, it just did not speak to me what the game's about. And even if you look at like the the BGG like description of what the game is, it's like real dumb. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, you're a group of pioneers and you've left civilization behind to sit along Bloom Lake and it's a game you're improving your life and you're great. I, I guess it's really like put, taking stuff off on board and, and moving up tracks. To sound like Jason, like I, I mean that's what Euro games do. I mean you can't really church them up too much. That's what they do. Uh, but there's a lot of cool things in this game, and so um, like a lot of Fister games, as I found out, yeah, you got to explain lots of rules. There's lots of different stuff going on. But I love the stuff that's going on in this. Like you can put out your cows. You can put out. But so of course you know I'm like, ooh, making my cows moo. I got <laughs> my little like cowboys with hats on um and then you've got this tile selection mechanism so we were kind of talking about the rondell way that like praga kaput regni and um now woodcraft spin around this kind of has a similar thing but it's actually just like it's not it's linear it's not circular (laughs) where like these you've got these tiles long skinny like strip looking tiles that have actions on them and you need to choose actions that also, if you want to play a card, actions that go with the cards in your hand, the cards you want to play. Um, but then if you don't play a card, you can get stuff off the, the tile anyway. And then you get to use a tile. And then there's also an action for everybody else on the tile too. So like stuff is happening all the time. And you're trying to like clear stuff off your board to get these bonuses. There's these cool little like, um, they look like doors, but I think they're like, levers or something yeah yeah they're levers that you activate also on your player board Uh, the cards can be really powerful and you always are wanting to get those out but some of them are like but expensive and i just feel like i never had any freaking money in this game oh there's these cute little canoes too that do some cool stuff i don't even know if i actually figured that out hardly with the canoe business 
That's the resources. Yeah, I I did not do a good job with them. Like moving them when you could back and forth. I was like, wait, I can what? I think by the end I sort of got it. They, the thing is, like it's supposed to be like American West themed, and the actual game itself kind of looks like that. The board, the box art makes it look like it's like Western Asian, so like Indian, maybe Pakistani, you know in a culture that is not the American West. Very confusing. So this, I think, is supposed to maybe kind of go in the same, let's say, if we do storylines, like Great Western Trail, because of Fister. But the box, some the person who did the box art did not get that memo. Clemens Franz. Clemens Franz did not get the memo. Oh, I should have known. It is Clemens Franz. That's right. You're right. It is. It's Clemens it's a, Franz. It, it's actually a decent box cover. I just don't think it goes with the game. Like, yeah. I don't hate oh, yeah. Box. I'm like, oh, look at you, Clemens Franz. is not like some ugly, weird-looking person on the front in yellow. But it honestly would have worked better for the game if it was. Oh, Clemens Franz. Just put a cow and a cowboy on the front. It would have made perfect sense. I know. It would have been weirdly proportioned and odd. And I'm like, yes, Clemens Franz, you captured it. But there's just a ton of great stuff going in this game. Um, and also, it's one of those, like, I feel like I learned these freaking rules and all this iconography. I need to play this more and more because, like, there's so much to do. And I want that kind of rules in put learning session to pay off. So I would love to play this again. I really liked it. It made such a big impression on me. The thing is, we played it around maybe a week after another game or week before another game I fister which will come later and sometimes I get them mixed up but I know I like the other one better uh but it's still really good and I can't wait to play it again my number 38 is Boon Lake yeah that is a good one uh, my number 37 I think it's another game we actually backed on Kickstarter I we believe. did yeah we did whoa look and at you this one is much better at more than two players and it's called Goo Gong I don't know if you talked about this or not. I can't remember. I did. Um, and it is effectively a worker placement game. But instead of using like meeples or figures, you're placing cards down on the board. And the trick of placing a card down is I believe you have to put a lower number than it's already there. I higher. think. Higher number. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't have to, but you're going to get a penalty. If you can place a higher number, you're going to get a bonus for doing that and from the space and you're just trying to go to these different spaces to collect jade which you can cash in for some things uh you're trying to move the, up this track this uh, espionage track or intrigue track which is basically like the tiebreaker track and it'll get you some points the higher up you go you're also moving your little horse around to collect bonuses up at the top of the board you're trying to contribute building materials to the great wall and you're trying to get these like in-game bonus section down here where you get these tiles of course some points but the tricky thing about this game is everyone has to help or everyone has to go visit the emperor, which is this track in the middle. If you don't get up to the top of that track, you can't even have a chance of winning the game. You get the most points, but if you don't visit the emperor, he doesn't care about you and you have lost. So you're always trying to do some of that while you're also trying to do everything else. So it's a, one of those games that I like that you're trying to do all this other stuff, but there's this one thing you have to do or everything else you did was for not. I like that. It has great production, great bits. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great at three and four or five players. Two, not so much. It's one I actually want to play some more. I've played it a lot solo. It's it's just really good. So my number 37, Goo Gong. 
And I think that's why this suffered. It was a lot lower on my list. I think I, it was number 74. Um, just because it played, it played terribly at two. Um, and we haven't gotten out since, but the production is awesome. Like it's just, it's, it's a cool game. It's yeah. Lots of like little things to do all around the board, which I love. Multipass of victory. Um, my number 37, Jason already talked about it's high. Like this is high. And I was surprised at how high this came out because I honestly have played it maybe twice. But it's a puzzle, and it's one that my brain keeps wanting to come back to, and that's Clinic. So this is by Arvar... Albin Viard. Albin Viard. I mix his first and last name together all the time and give him one name. Albin Viard. Albin Viard, is he like a mathematician or something? I think he he hates humans, and he makes (laughs) games that hate humans. I mean, they're good games, but they are like... They're they're beefy. Yeah, and... It's not also, it's not like Alvin, Alvin's just like, oh, you have to make this one really hard game. I'm also going to make like eight expansions to it because if the first one didn't make you like, wasn't so hard, you just wanted to make it harder and harder and harder or something like, I don't know. But in clinic, I think clinic has just, it's such a cool theme. It just makes so much sense. Um to like design your hospital and not only like design like because you're i mean you're putting the layout in there and everything you're hiring the workers you're organizing the parking lot and then you've got patients coming in and you're you're like moving them around the hospital you're getting them into triage you're getting them seen by who needs to be seen you want to heal them you want to get them out like they're going to pay you like all this stuff I, i can't even imagine what the expansions are i think do we have one of them yeah, we have just the first one. And we've never looked at it because we played the just the deluxe edition of Clinic the first. I'm almost positive steam was coming out of my ears. But like it reminds <laughs> it reminds me of this computer game I used to play with my friends. Um because I didn't have a computer and like I thought it was so cool that they had computers. Okay, cuz this, uh, this is dating me, people. And it was this game where you could perform surgeries. So like both my friend's parents were nurses. So they would just like, I think they even named their character, like the surgeon was like Jack the Ripper and then just cut people up and just killed all their patients. Um, but you like, <laughs> I know, I, I'm getting there. You went through this whole process of like, you know, assessing the patient, like performing the surgery, all this stuff. You were supposed to actually you know, get them better. And this just kind of reminds me of that. Obviously, I'm not killing off my patients, but the um, on purpose, right? I mean, it's hard, so sometimes it happens. But that just or like roller coaster tycoon, but it's with a hospital. I mean, I don't have like a a longing to be in administration or whatever at a hospital, but I just it was just very. It's I don't know. There's something great about it. I loved it. And I want to play more. Like, I want to maybe see if I could someday play an expansion. That that may be stretching it. I don't know. But it, it's like, it's one of those things that it's so hard. And I just, I just want to do it again. I just want to keep coming back to it. Like, it doesn't leave your brain. You think about it and like, think about like, oh, how I could lay it out. Um, one of our friend's sisters, Julia, she said... 
She knows she needs to get a game when she plays it. And then that night when she goes to bed and the next morning when she wakes up, she's thinking about what she could have done differently. And that absolutely describes how I feel about clinic every time I play it. So that is my number 37 clinic. Yeah. I honestly think this may be the crunchiest game that I've ever played. Yeah. Like it's definitely on par with every Vitale Asserta game. It just does it differently. I think it's crunchier than Vital because Vital's like some of the stuff that Vital does makes more sense together. Some of this stuff doesn't necessarily go together as cohes- cohesively, so that I, I get, it makes it a little bit crunchier in my brain. But yeah, they're you they're don't really get freebies sure. or anything given to right. you. Like, everything you, you have to fight you get, for everything. Yeah. Every single thing, parking cars, getting cars out of there, everything you do is a challenge in this. But it is good. All right, so my number 36, I just talked about a Game Brewer game. This is another one, and this is a nice, shiny Kickstarter version, but we did not back this one, and this is Paris, and this is a Kramer and Kiesling game, and effectively, it's a a worker placement-ish game, but also with some area control. There's these different uh, sections of Paris. You know all the words. There's an Arc de Triomphant thing. Oh, my gosh, please stop. Don't, don't. Don't say anything. <laughs> don't pretend. <laughs> so there's you these could different. Even say French. There's these different boroughs around the city called Paris, and in these different sections, you're trying to put your keys down on these different businesses, and that's going to let you activate the business and give you a certain number of influence in this section. If the building is two, then I have two influence in there. As I upgrade in that section, I'm going to start getting more and more influence in that section. Once I have enough influence, I can then put, um, shoot, uh, a landmark in the section, put my token on that, and then I will probably end the game with the most influence in that section, which gives me bonus points. That's the gist of the game. The tricky part is, as you're playing the initial game, the board is unlocking, so you're you're putting pieces on the board on every single turn, so you never know what order they're going to come out, where they're going to come out. And then at the second half of the game... People are trying to get money, and you're doing everything you can to get money because everything you do costs coins. Coins are hard to get. There are these bonus tiles that have the French flag on the back. You can take those. They may give you some kind of bonus, but the tricky part is when they're gone, the game is over. So you're trying to balance everything you're doing, how quickly you're taking those in-game tiles to try to make the best of it to score the most points. It's it's kind of a brain burner for a Kramer and Kiesling game, but I really like it. So my number 36, Paris. I also really like it. And I will talk about it next week. Uh, My number 36 is a game that I have loved for a long time. And I think other people just don't like it as much as me. And it makes me really sad. Um, And maybe it's this high because I just long to play it again. And that's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Um, One of our lovely riveted members uh, sent me um, a 3D printed like holder for all of the different tiles and oh my gosh it's made set set up amazing so that's not in the way anymore um i i just love i love this game and i don't understand why people don't like it somebody was being like real turdy about it i don't know it's probably dan like i don't understand this master architect thing and this stupid i was like no that's like awesome that sounds just like dan yeah it it does i think he talks like that that's what I hear, at least. Um, he sounds like the, the Swedish chef. Yeah. So you are building a castle, and which, again, who doesn't want to build a castle? Number one. 
Uh, number two, you take turns being the master architect, and then you get these turn over these tiles that are different rooms to go into castles. And you arrange them by how much you think you want to charge for the different rooms. And so that in itself is part of the game. Like, what do I think people will pay for these tiles? What do I want to pay for my tile? Because I'm paying my money to the bank, but everyone else who buys a tile on my turn as master architect is paying me. So I want money because I want to buy good tiles, but I don't want someone to buy my tile because I have to buy last. Um, you're trying to fulfill like the goals of what the Mad King wants. Each room has its own goal. Again, this this is like um, I talked about on the video last week with Marvel Remix, whatever that mechanic is, like you're trying to get the rooms to like play off of each other to get points, um, like because they need different symbols next to each other, whatever that kind of thing is. I love that. And so Castles has that. Also, I just want to build castles. So I'm like, I always want the dungeon pieces the downstairs pieces because everybody wants a dungeon everybody wants a bottomless pit um there's like this venus grotto and a secret lair like of course you want that um i i'm like a kid a candy store man with this game i am so enthusiastic about it and i don't get to play it that much and it makes me real sad because i think it's real fun um so that's my number 36 castles of mad king ludwig i don't think i hate this right I feel like you do. You never want to play it. And so we never play it. Yeah, I don't hate this. It's just, I don't know. I It's not one that like speaks to me and, and wants me to play it. So I don't, I don't well, know. Well, it's but constantly I, speaking to me and I want to play it. I do like it. And I'm just terrible at it too. Like uh, playing with you every single time and losing by like a thousand points. You know, it's, it's not. I don't always win though because sometimes I'm too busy just building my underground lair. <laughs> I don't that's, pay attention to what the Mad true. King wants. Looking for that one basement tile that hasn't come out yet. I'm like, come on, where's the fungus room? That's what we need. All right, so going from crazy castles, we're going to go to a university. My number 35 is Alma Mater. And mm. this is a game by the Italians. Again, I should probably know which designers do which games, but it's so low it, on your list. What is wrong with you? And again, I think it's because we've really only played it correctly a couple times. Twice. So I need to play it correctly again a few more times, and I think it will go higher because I'd, I'd be able to understand that, hey, this spot's really good. And when you play it correctly, you're going to be able to do a lot more stuff. But this is a game where you're trying to, you have work workers, it's a worker placement game, you're going to different spots. And you're collecting different colors of books from different players or your own. And you're using the books, which are kind of the resources of the game, to recruit um, students to come to your school and different professors to come in, which are going to give you everything gives you special abilities, special bonuses, all that kind of thing, income. And you're just trying to have the best special abilities, best uh, engine of your students as you can to score the most points over the course of the game. That's a super oversimplification. I get that, but I don't want to keep belaboring all these games forever. So, uh, I Italians, know that's a secret jab at me. Thank you. Uh, no, I've been talking about a lot of these two. Italians, worker placement, awesome, 35 alma mater. There you go. Uh, my number 35, we have talked about many a time. We have all the expansion for it. We actually haven't played it for a while, which is a shame. 
But it's so good. Again, Dan and the Board Game Rundown. You know what? If you don't listen to the Board Game Rundown, I just want you to go to their like social page, their YouTube page, and just disparage Dan for hating this game because it's super good. And that's Quacks of Quedlinburg. Everybody knows it but him. Oh, it's all luck based. Well, I'm sorry that you're a big whiny baby and you have bad luck. Get over it. Like, yeah, everybody busts the first couple turns. That's like part of the. That's what you're you do. You're supposed to do that. Yeah, that's how you. Duh. Oh my gosh. Anyway. We're going to have like a throwdown or something one of these days. Steel cage Jets match. Jets versus the Sharks. <laughs> no way. Steel cage match, man. And I'm <laughs> I'm hiding like folding chairs under the ring. It's on. We're going to have a dance off like in the Beat It video. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Quest dance of Quedlin- off gang fight. <laughs> just, I'm going to start chucking meatballs at him. Quest of Quedlinburg, super good game. It's a bag builder. I love those also. Those are very good games. Um you are like quack doctors building a potion in a pot, but you're just drawing these chips out. They have different powers. You place them in in uh, in put areas in your pot based on the number that's on them, and you can do different special powers, scoring points, so that you can win. You can buy chips to better your bag each time. Um, what game did we just play recently that has... It was Quacks and Co. No, 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 no. That has the same element of that where like, oh, if you have this thing, they do these and this thing does this. And we taught the game by saying, oh, if you put quacks, this part works like that. And I can't remember what they Wonderland's War. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 To be visited later. Um, Yeah, much, much later. But that kind of thing, which I really like in another game I like, like that is really fun, like pulling out of the bag. And yeah, sometimes you bust. That's in you know, that's a game. Yes, you, there is some strategy, and there's ways to mitigate that. Absolutely, you've got it. You've got your little antidote potion, or you know, you maybe just don't go all in, or so, I mean, build your bag better, play better. You just play better, and every once in a while, bad luck's gonna get you, but not a big deal because the game is so fun, and you're like, oh, like that. Oh, I just need, I'm just gonna take one more. Like, can I just push my luck a little more? The herb witches add cool stuff. Um, what's the other expansion? Why am I blanking? Alchemists. The alchemists add cool stuff. Like, it's just all like other little fun things to add to an already really good game. But the base game by itself is super good. If you haven't played it yet, if you don't have a copy yet, what are you waiting for? Definitely get it. Number 35, Quacks Quellenberg. Yeah, push your luck at its finest for sure. Yes. Uh, my number 34 is actually a game that I've played once and I did a video for, but I I really love it. And because I've only played it the one time, it was recently right before we before we did this list, which is why it's probably so high. But I don't really remember how it goes. There's a lot going on. But it's De Volgari Eloquentia. Is that how you say it? Close enough. I'm not good at words. I know. Okay? I'm just gonna let it happen. Just let call it, it the eloquent, eloquent, vulgar, vulgarity. I don't know. I still can't say that. But no, please, this stop. is a a Euro game, of course, because that's what, what I we like. do. <laughs> and uh, in this, you are trying to develop the language of Italy. I do know that's the theme. And the way you're doing that is you're going to have some action selection t- uh, discs that are going to determine how many actions you can take in your turn. And you're going to get to do different things. You can go to new areas and take advantage of that area. You may be able to move up on these tracks if you're in certain areas and certain rounds. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to acquire these cubes. 
different colored cubes are going to have like different like value and you're trying to upgrade your character from like a merchant to a monk to a friar to a pope i don't know if that's the actual levels but you're just trying to go up the hierarchy because at the end of the game if you can get higher up in those ranks you're going to score the most points score more points so you're trying to do all this stuff in the game to get points and then at the end you're going to be basically bidding cubes that you have to upgrade into these different levels it's a really cool game it's kind of weird like i don't think i've ever played another game quite like it Mm -hmm. which is why it's hard to explain but once you figure it out and kind of understand the concept, it's super fun, and I like it. So my number 34, Dave Vulgari, Eloquentia. Um, if you want, in English, it's on the eloquence in the vernacular. That's that's almost as hard to say. <laughs> yeah. it's So what I think is really interesting is there's actually really historical significance behind this. Um, it's The title of the game is also the title of an essay in Latin by Dante, who is known for the Inferno. Um, but there's, there's just so many interesting things surrounding like the history of it and the game is fun. Like I'm probably talk about this on, uh, like a live in a couple, in a week or two maybe, or next live. I'm not sure where we are. Um, but yeah, the game is unlike any other. And I love, again, like it's a theme that I think is cool, much like alma mater. It's right up in my wheelhouse. And I think with more plays, it would definitely move up. In my list for sure. Uh, My number 34 is a game that is just so beautiful. It almost hurts. Um, It's every, it's up my alley. It's beautiful. It's Asian themed. It's got uh, fun little wooden bits. It's got tracks out the yin yang. It's got um, dice placement as workers. What more can you want? And that is Botoku. We also we do not own this game. Do we still have our friend's copy? Yes, I'm looking right at it. <laughs> I I want to play it again, and it's so high on my list, right? For not owning it and only playing it, I think that one time. But you know, I love a Japanese theme. Uh, it's got this great like forest, like your these Batoku spirits in the forest, and your your um the yokai and the kodamas are like helping you to become the next great sport spirit of the forest. Like in, um, princess Mononoke, the big spirit in the forest, which is that stag with all that. That's what it is. And there's one of those as like a little bit like, and you're just going around to all these places, like trying to move up on these tracks. Like, that's really what it is, but it's got this beautiful theming, so many choices, just placing dice in, in wherever you can. And there's, again, multi-pass of victory, in my opinion, ways that you can go about getting points in this game by placing your dice, um, getting these dragonflies to meet with these lilies, like um, moving in all these different tracks. There's koi, there's like little dumpling looking things. I, It's just like... It's a, it's a, I don't want to say complex, only in that there's just an overwhelming amount of choices. You can do so many things. So narrowing down what you want to do, that can be difficult, but it's just like a feast for the eyes and like a feast of choices of actions to do. And I just love, I love that. And with this Japanese theme, oh, totally into it. 
So that is uh, Batoku, my number 34. Yeah, it, it definitely does look really good for a Euro game, too. Like, it has amazing art and production. My number 33 may not look as great, um, but it's a very good game. It's from oh, it's Bruno good. Kitano. It looks good, though. It's Days of Wonder. Yeah, it does, I don't think it looks as good. It's not as vibrant, oh. I guess, from color-wise. Yeah. Um, but it's from Bruno Catala, Days of Wonder, and it's Five Tribes. And this is basically a big game of Mancala, where you're picking up these meeples off of a different space, moving them around, trying to use the ability of the um, last space that you land on. You'll pick up all those meeples and do that action. If you can clear out a tile, you can put your camel down, which is going to score you the points of the tile. If there's a tree or a palace on it, that also goes on the tile and scores you extra points at the end of the game for whoever owns it with their camel. And you're just trying to use these meeples to take different actions. White meeples will help you recruit gens. Yellow ones are worth points. White ones are also worth points. The red ones will assassinate other ones. Uh, Green will let you buy cards from the market, which are like a set collection thing. And blue are just going to give you points for different tiles that are around where you are based on some pattern. It's uh, it's really good. It's pretty crunchy as the game goes on. P- spaces get emptier, makes it a little trickier, but it's fantastic. I love this game. I always like playing it. I have a good time every single time, and Bruno Catala is the man. So my number 33, Five Tribes. Yeah, this was in my top 100. It's not as high, but it's super good. I, I The production is awesome, and it's it's a really fun game. Anytime anybody want to play it, I'm down. My number 33 is a super cute game, uh, has awesome components to awesome production from Kids Table Board Games, quickly becoming one of my favorite com- like publishers because I've loved every single game. Um, I can't wait for their new one to come out that's like a sequel to this, the, uh, Maple Valley, and this is Creature Comforts. I love Creature Comforts so much. It gives me a lot of the feels of Everdell. Um but in worker placement and set collection contract fulfillment kind of ways. Because it also has, like, you are a little creature in the woodlands. It's adorable. And you are trying to craft these comforts for the winter time. So you need your stew in the winter and you need some fuzzy socks and you need some board games. And, oh, the theme is just cozy and adorable. It is not mean at all. Um, it is just collecting resources, but the cool way it does it is through dice placement and worker placement. So that's, what's really interesting because you need the dice to be able to collect, um, the resources at the spot you go, but you only know like two dice before you place your workers. So you have two personal dice, then you roll uh, a pool of common dice. Everyone's going to use the numbers on there. But you don't know what those are before you place your workers. So you're hoping to like play the odds that it's going to work out for you. There's also these you learn lessons when you don't uh, have the right dice and you can use this to manipulate dice later, which I think is really great. Um, Also, like comforts can like play off of each other and get you extra points. Um, You can make these little uh, tools or something. What are those on the side called? Do you know? Um, they are, I'm not sure what they are, like workshops or something like that. Something, um, which you can also use to kind of get in-game points, 
which I, I like that little extra little bit makes it a little gamery in some ways. There's um, an event on each round. Like it's just adorable and fun, like good fun. If Maple Valley is as good as this, it looks even better. Like, ooh, it's going to be one of my favorites. I really love introducing this to people. Um, people p- catch on to this really quickly. It's super good. But number 33, Creature Comforts. Yeah, kids' table board games is killing it. They have not made a bad game, in my opinion. I know that f- you don't like Fossilis as much. It's probably not. But it's their not best a bad. Game. It's not a bad but, game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still a good game. It's not as good as some of the other ones, but yeah, they're all fantastic production and good games. All right. So my, my number thirty-two. We've talked about Uncle Vital a little bit earlier, just in passing, and this is one that I like that a lot of other people don't like, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> except I won't be able to play it. But other than that play by myself who cares uh my number 32 is kanban and this is a game about running a car production factory and in this game you are trying to get blueprints of cars it's a worker placement game there's like four spots you can go to in normal um vtel fashion um you're going to go to one of these four spots to get blueprints get different types of parts for your car so maybe engines chassis brakes all that kind of thing There's another one where you are going to be getting cars off the assembly line. And then there's another space where you're going to be going down to uh, test drive the car around the test track. There's also tracks on each of those four locations that you can forgo taking the action there and just move up the track to get more influence. Because every so often, the uh, floor, the factory foreman, Sandra, is going to come around and she's going to evaluate your work, whoever's highest on that track gets a bonus or if you're playing the mean sandra whoever's lowest gets a penalty and then every so often there's meetings which you're going to be able to play some scoring cards and try to score the most points you're going to do that over i think two or three score uh, meeting rooms i haven't played in a long time because nobody likes it so i think it's something like that um it feels like a vtel game it's maybe not his most intuitive game which you know there is a difference between some of his other ones and this one i i do agree but I like the theme, and I think it's fun. So my number 32, Kanban. When you describe what the game has, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But then I have played it, and it doesn't feel like any of that. And it feels like I do things and don't get rewarded for them. And then I'm like, what the heck is happening? Like Your I, reward is the meeting. You go to the meeting to score points for everything that you've done. But I never score points for what I've done. I'm like, why did I make all these cars? I thought it was freaking Kanban. Make the cars efficiently. Like, wh- that's what always- happens when you try to take Japanese technology and let Germans or whoever... or. The Portuguese people deal with it. I'm sorry, Uncle Vital. It's not good. And Vital's defense. He likes to make games about wine, okay? And Portugal. Okay. This is neither of those things. So maybe that's why it's a little uh, a little weaker. On, I, I just want to like it, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, I, it's fine. I, I like it. If you don't let me play Kraftwagen, which you think is a game I would like, but we never play that. That's true. Kraftwagen, yeah, is a little bit smoother, but I like Combine a little bit better. Uh, um, my number 32 is Stonemeyer game. I actually know the publisher on this one. Watch out. Yep. Good job. And it is a game that has grown on me. And Jason calls this tracks. Tracks the hero game. Tracks the hero game. Because all you do is is move on a track. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. And then at some point you're like, I can't move on any more tracks. So I guess I'll have an income phase. And that's tapestry. 
Uh, it's really high on my list. I am also surprised by this. When I did the list this year, I was trying to throw out any preconceived notions I had and just think about the games and like, do I, how do I feel when I play them? Do I really like playing them? Um, do I really like the mechanics of these games? Like, are they good quality games? Um, to try not to think about all oh, the last experience was bad, but I know that I've had good experiences and that these parts of these games are really good. And for me, Tapestry is because you can get stuff to combo off each other. That is like my freaking jam. The first time we played this, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I thought after we played it, I'm like, I never want to play this stupid game again. Because I'm like, okay, just like we'll move on tracks. So I'm like, well, I'll move up on the science track because that moves other tracks. So that seems to me the logical thing to do. And it actually kind of worked out. That's a viable option. It is. It is. It absolutely is. Um, my problem is, and several times since I've played it, uh, I've tried to do everything and you just, just don't, don't, don't do it. It's not going to work out. There's usually one track you have to leave behind. Yeah. And, and that's okay because I feel like there's, again, multiple paths to victory. Jason, for some reason is like, I want to just go conquer stuff. And I'm like, that's stupid. That's usually a track I don't give a rat's butt about. I get a lot of points from that track though. Okay. Well, I get, I got a lot of points in the exploration track. I went to space one time and I was like, yeah, I got space tiles. It was cool. Is that? I did that once too. It was real fun. It It is is real fun. fun. It was an expansion. Is that the space tiles expansion? Uh, there's additional ones, but in the base game, you can go explore space. Okay. Um, and that that's really cool. There's just lots of different ways to go. There's lots of different cards. You've got all these cool tapestry cards. Um, you've got like your own kind of civilization, I guess, but it's definitely not a Civ game at all. I don't care. Um, you it's sort Civ, of... Civ themed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Civ light. You have tech trees kind of because you are trying to clear stuff off to get these bonuses for the income phases. Again, clever card play. Um, I also love that you, I don't care about miniatures generally, but like the little buildings are fun and there aren't a lot of like little wood meeples to play with. So I play with the buildings. They're cool. You put them on your map and decide where they go. Um, You can like to use those to work to get resources and stuff. I love that. Um, going someplace, taking the bonus that lets me go somewhere else and move on that track and get this stuff. Like when you can get those combos all going, like that is awesome. Um, we got the new expansion arts. Arts and architecture, I think. Arts and architecture. Oh, it has a separate like board track you can go on. Yeah, but it has extra cards. The extra cards are cool. The extra cards are cool. Two out of ten would not recommend the arts track. It did not. Yeah. I tried to go into that heavily last time. You have to go real heavy into that or it's not going to pay off at all. Yeah, it's it's not the greatest track. That's for sure. Um, But some of the other cards, um, New Civilizations, those are cool. The way the tapestry cards work, the way that your your special like civilization power can work, that is that's cool. So there's just a, a tons of replayability. And after that first time, we were like, wait, what do I do? Because you're like, seriously, I just move on these tracks, and yes, you just do that. After that first time, you're like, okay, okay. So then you next time you're like, I will develop a strategy. <laughs> I will go to space, or I will do this. I will make inventions like then you can start kind of playing around. And that for me is what's really great about this because I do love multipass to victory. I also love trying out different ways of playing a game. And since so many options are viable, like even trying the arts track, like I'm like, yeah, let's give it a go. Let's just see what happens. Um, let me try the civilization. I've never done that before. Like, let me see if this works. Like 
I I love that kind of diversity and just like myriad of choices in this game. So my number 32, Tapestry. Yeah, this is super low. Um, mine is... Uh, really? About, about, yeah, mine's going to be talked about in three weeks. Yeah. No way. Are you <laughs> yeah. serious? I'm sorry. I love this game. Wow. Uh, there is a playmat, too, that has all the spots for all the boards, too, which is pretty interesting. Oh, why don't we yeah. have that? Uh, it's kind of expensive, but maybe someday. Mm. On the wishes. So, uh, the last game for me on this list, my number 31, is a Feld. You can't have a section of this list without a Feld game on it. <laughs> really? Yep. And Feld and Wallace, they need to be <laughs> on there. And <laughs> my number 31 is Trajan. And this is a game, it's a Feld game, so it feels like a Feld game. But at the core of it, it's another Mancala style game where you're, you're selecting actions through this Mancala. You're going to pick up all these little chips out of one of these little bowls. You're going to move them around. Wherever you land is the action that you can take. If you get certain color um, tokens in that bowl, it may also fire off one of your Trajan tiles, which will give you extra actions and points. Um, and then every token that you pick up is going to speed the game along. So it's a timer, effectively. The more stuff you pick up, the quicker you're going to go around this little time track and reveal more needs that you have to meet to basically feed your people. You got to provide them certain things or you lose some points. And all the actions are collecting cards, turn them in to score points. Uh, You're trying to send some military out to this section of the board to move it around to score points and collect tiles. You're trying to get these little people architecture architects, I think. You're trying to collect these little tiles of set collection to score points. There's a Senate track. Move up that track, score points. You're sensing a theme. Uh, There's a Trajan section. Get a Trajan tile, put it on your board, complete it, score points. Um, Everything's points. You're just moving around, trying to get as many points as you can before the game is over. Typical Feld. I like it. Not my favorite Feld, but it is a good one. My number 31, Trajan. Um, I, I like this as well. I finally played it, and I think I won pretty handily, so that always makes me like games, but... I, I like that option. I liked the main call. I like the puzzle of that. Um, I like the different things that you can do. I think I thought it was really fun. I would like to put that more because it is really high in your list. I don't know if it's on my list at all because I just played it the once, but it's yeah, good. I played it. I played it online a bunch and in per, you know in real life a few times too. Uh, my number thirty one is an oldie but a goodie. Many people have complained about how ugly the box is, but like I mentioned before. Clemens Franz boxes litter our game room. So my number 31 is Concordia. Oh, Concordia. Classic trading in the Mediterranean. Um, We haven't played this for a while. And I feel like that's a shame because this is a really good game. You're moving. You've got these um, cards that are how you choose your actions. And it kind of has a little bit of the same mechanic that you have in Century Spice Road where you play a card and your cards stay there until you decide to take a rest action and take them back, which you actually get something for rest action in Concordia, which is awesome. Um, You are like placing cubes. You are collecting resources. You can use them to buy new cards to uh, trade in for points and get your money, make a network, move your boats and your people like... It's it's so great. It's so great. Um, we also have the salt. What's what's the actual name of the expansion with the salt? Salsa. The salsa expansion. Good. Um, I've heard Venus is good, which we don't have. I mean, yeah, there's a pile of boards too. You can just go get different boards too if you want. Right, and and I think it it would be all worth it because it's it 
is at its heart such a game. The first time I played this, I played it with some people that for some reason took like four hours to play this game. It is should be fairly quick. Um, lots of fun decisions. Also, I think lots of different ways to go because you can like get cards that will give you in-game points from cards. You can go and like try and be in every little um, like province area to get points that way. Make your different routes connect that way. Like uh, just get like own or kind of be in control of all the places that have like the, the highest um, valued item and get that to produce. Like there's just a bunch of, it's just, it's just good classic Euro trading in Mediterranean. And that's why it's my number 31 Concordia. Yeah. I don't know if this is on my list, but I do like this game quite a bit. It's good. We need to play it again. All right. So that was our 40 through 31. Let's recap them real quick. My number 40 is Champions of Midgard. 39 is Brass. 38, Genotype. 37, Gugong. 36, Paris. 35, Alma Mater. 34, Dave Volgari Eloquentia. 33, Five Tribes. 32, Kanban. And 31, Trajan. And my number 40 was also Champions of Midgard. 39, Clank. 38, Boone Lake. 37, Clinic. 36, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. 35, Quacks of Quedlin... Quacks of Quedlinburg Quacks. <laughs> Quacks of Quedlinburg. 34, Batoku. 33, Creature Comforts. 32, Tapestry. And number 31, Concordia. We are getting ready to hit the top... 20 teens and then top 10 games of all time. Oh, I mean, these games are getting real good. Obviously, these are ones that we love to play or wish we would play more. Again, we'd love to hear about your games. I, I love seeing what people have been playing over the holidays. If you got new games, let us know. You can find us on all of our socials, Facebook, our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. Um, we've got a Discord chat channel, something. We've got the Twitters. We've got um, the Instas and, of course, YouTubes. Um, check us out. Give us a comment. Let us know what you think. Do you like these games? Do you think they're too low, too high? Have you ever heard of them? New games to find out. Um, we love chatting about board games. And, uh, you know, we hope that 2023 is a year filled with good games and good times. Yeah. Katie said everything I need to say, so I won't say anything. Excellent. So I hope we've given you a little bit of a longer uh, podcast episode this week since we're a little late with all of our celebrations. Um, but uh, we truly were thankful for everything um, that you guys did for us just being there to know that you listen in 2022. And we look forward to another year of just uh, talking about games. So I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.